my god, I saw your tweet, Graham. You are not a fan of the whole <laughs> bio-implant thing, are you? Not really. <laughs> it's always those that need it most that complain the most. We'll skip over that. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> Smashing Security, Episode 70, Facebook and Cambridge Diabolica, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Smashing Security, Episode 70. My name is Graham Cluley. I'm Carol Terrio. And we are joined today by a returning guest. It's Scott Helm. Hello, Scott. Hello, guys. How's it going? Not too bad at all. Now, we've got a packed agenda today. So, Sorry, Scott. No time for chit chat. <laughs> You've been here before. <laughs> exactly. We can skip the courtesies. <laughs> well, let's let's find out who our sponsor is and let's get on with it. Thanks to Meta Compliance for supporting this episode of Smashing Security. People are the key to minimising your cybersecurity risk posture, and Meta Compliance makes this easier by providing a single platform for phishing, cybersecurity training, policy, privacy, and incident management. Listeners can get a 10% discount off the high-quality cybersecurity e-learning catalogue by quoting the code SMASHING. Just visit www.metacompliance.com. That's www.metacompliance.com. Righty-ho, like I said, we, we've got a lot to cover today because um, I think there's a huge story right now. It's exploding. Yes, Hundreds of headlines. All right, welcome back. It's probably one of your favorite uh, guilty pleasures on Facebook. I'm talking about those personality quizzes. They seem pretty harmless, right? Well, now a data firm associated with the Trump campaign has been suspended by Facebook after reportedly using information from those quizzes without permission to target voters. New developments tonight on Cambridge Analytica, the firm that worked for the Trump campaign and tried to influence American voters using information harvested from 50 million Facebook users. Hi, everyone. I'm Rena Nainan. Thank you for joining us. We begin with a major data breach carried out by a firm that worked with President Trump's campaign team. The Guardian is reporting that Cambridge Analytica used personal information from the profiles of millions of U.S. voters without permission. Cambridge Analytica, rather shady data analytics firm, which has managed to get its paws on information about some 50 million Facebook users, which were collected via somebody else's personality test snap. Now, before I go on, I need to give you a little caveat. We are recording this with Scott on Tuesday afternoon. In the sunshine, yeah. <laughs> and this story is changing by the hour. There are new things yeah. happening. In fact, I know tonight Channel 4 here in the UK are going to be broadcasting another in its series of undercover investigations into yeah. Cambridge Analytica. And they're going to be focusing on what the firm may have done to help the election of US President David Dennison. Um, which, uh, <laughs> sorry, is that Get not his the name? popcorn. <laughs> That's definitely a popcorn job. He's not admitted it's his name yet, as far as I know. Dirk Diggler. No, he has. No, it has. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Oh. It, uh, potentially the first thing he's ever admitted to. Uh, I'm David Dennison. He, I don't think he's done it on audio, but it, on legal papers now says Donald <laughs> J. Trump, a.k.a. David Dennison from his lawyer. So there you go. Anyway, it's a fast moving story about uh, Cambridge Analytica. So I wanted to cover it, explain what we know so far. Excellent. And some of the implications for all those people out there who are on Facebook. So Cambridge Analytica, who are they? Well, they are a company which do something really kind of in a technical way, really very cool and clever. 
um, what they do is they analyze social network data in order to create personality profiles of people online, which you then could influence in different ways, maybe to buy something or maybe, just maybe, to vote in a particular direction. Okay, I, I would agree it's technologically cool, but not societally cool at all. I think these things are scary not as anything. Not ethically cool. Not ethically <laughs> cool either. Downright yucky. Anyway, I think, carry on, Cleary. Yes, carry I, on. I think I probably agree with you. Now, the knowledge which you can ascertain from people's social network data and what they're sharing online can be immensely useful to these kind of organisations and the people who employ them. Um, because it means individuals can be targeted with content designed to appeal to them and perhaps influence their behaviour. Oh, like propaganda. Right. Yes. So Alexander Nix, he is mm -hmm. the chap who runs Cambridge Analytica and he's basically a bit of a... He's uh, shady as anything. Well, he's a bit like an old-style Bond villain. He's an old Etonian. <laughs> he does look like Oh, is he? Is he? He does look a bit of a villain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he... Um, He's described his companies, uh, what, what they do as this. He said, our job is to understand what are those really deep-seated underlying fears and concerns. It's no good fighting an election campaign on the facts, because actually it's all about emotion. Yeah. So, you're, so you're a typical really great guy. Right. Yeah. Now, so he's in one corner <laughs> off the boxing ring, right? In the yeah. other corner, up against ding, 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 ding. is pink-haired whistleblower Christopher Wiley, who used to work at Cambridge Analytica and left under a cloud because he went to the press with information about what had happened because he thought it was wrong. In fact, he describes their operations as Steve Bannon's psychological warfare mind tool, TM. Which he helped build. <laughs> well, yes, which he helped build. But the controversy here is how they got their data to make this thing. Now, there is a Cambridge psychology professor, uh, University of Cambridge, not connected yep. with Cambridge Analytica. It's just you know, a cool name, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. His name is Alexander Kogan, and he is, of course, Russian. And he created an app called This Is Your Digital Life, and he encouraged people to take part in a personality test. 270,000 people ran that Facebook app. Yeah, and it kind of told you whether you were anxious or things like that. It had five different profiles or something. All kinds of information yeah. it requested, and it put up a profile of you. And you can imagine this is the kind of thing people run on Facebook all of the time. Yeah, totally. But yeah. it didn't just grab information about users and find out about their personalities. It also scooped up personal information about their Facebook friends and details of their Facebook activity. So it's able to collect an enormous amount of information. Now, under Facebook rules... That information should have stayed with Kogan, okay, because he was the app developer. Although they can collect data, and that may be alarming in itself that people can do that and collect so much information about you by just getting you to run an app or try and work out what your porn star name is, you know, Peggy Pegscroft or Dirk Diggle. Is that yours? What, mine? <laughs> wow. I wasn't going to ask where that came from. <laughs> What's it meant to be? It's meant wow, to be sexy. Your name of your first pet and... Um, oh, there's loads of them. Yeah, first pet, first street you lived on. Yes, I, I think yeah. mine is, yes, I, well, <laughs> actually, I shouldn't say, should I? Mother's maiden name, yeah. <laughs> we almost got him then. His yeah, yeah. Questions. <laughs> yeah. So, so what happened was that data which Kogan collected ended up with Cambridge Analytica. I don't know if they bought it or he gave it to them or what the deal was, but they got hold of it. And that shouldn't have happened. That was against Facebook's terms and conditions. So the story became very big very quickly. In fact... On Monday night, apparently at Cambridge Analytica's offices in London, there was a digital forensics team sent by Facebook 
who were yeah, there. Yeah, the yeah. ICO, the Information Commissioner's Office, found out that they were there, and they said, oi, clear off. Because obviously there are concerns that they could be cleaning out data and things because the ICO want a warrant to go in and examine those computers and yeah. find out what's going on there. There's one thing here, though, I think you've kind of skipped over, which oh, is yeah. kind of big, right? The, the, so 270,000 people mm. downloaded and took part in the quiz. Mm. But under this friend's permission feature that existed in Facebook up until 2015, oh, yes. they were able to grab all the data of every single person they were connected to. So their friends, for instance. So they were able to kind of scoop up not just that 270,000, but up to 50 million profiles 50 of people. Million. So people that did not take part at all's information was snarfled up by Facebook's data feature that existed until 2015. And 50 million is a pretty big number. That's what, like, one in every four people in the United States, for instance. Yeah, huge. Pretty huge. significant for the little pokey little personality test which they were running. So this has been in the news. Like I said, the ICO last night at uh, Cambridge Analytica's offices and on Channel 4 last night as well, there was a hidden camera footage shown of Cambridge Analytica, talking about some of the shady things they could do to try and influence people, including uh, claiming they could send sexy Ukrainian girls to act as honey Yes! Traps. Unbelievable. Um, so unbelievable. In, in fact, there, there's a really ironic part of the video. The guy who runs Cambridge Analytica says, we can secretly record them with video cameras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then release the information yeah. on the internet. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I thought that was quite amusing. Just, it's just the irony of that one, huh? <laughs> And apparently it, Facebook and Cambridge Analytica are threatening to sue the journalist over the story. So The Guardian, The Observer, Channel 4, for breaking the news. Well, yeah, I think they are less than impressed. Cambridge Analytica are suddenly saying that the video has been edited in a way which you know doesn't reflect the true conversation. They claim that all this talk about sexy Ukrainian girls and some of the other things was them actually trying to ascertain the ethics of the potential customer. And <laughs> yeah, so they were trying to draw barf, out, barf, barf. they were yeah. going along with the conversation. Then they would decide, oh, these aren't the sort of people we would want to work with. Yeah. I mean, The Guardian have been working on this for over a year, more than that, in fact. And I bet they've crossed their T's and dotted every single I because this would have been hot. Well, I, I, it's yeah. certainly a major investigation. And we'll put in links to The Guardian and some of the Channel 4 content as well so you, other people can go and check it out in the full. Um, so one of the big questions is, was this a breach? And there was quite a discussion about this in the last day or so on Twitter in particular, because Alex Stamos, who is the uh, chief security officer of Facebook, posted a tweet, which he subsequently deleted, saying, you know, it was wrong to classify this as a breach. And indeed, on mm. Facebook's press release about this incident as well, because they've banned Cambridge Analytica from Facebook now as a consequence of this. They said, you know, it's yeah. wrong to portray this as a breach. And I actually think maybe Facebook is right about that. Maybe this wasn't a data breach because suddenly there were no malicious hackers breaking into any servers there was no vulnerability exploited there were no grabbing of passwords facebook were aware that they were doing this and were it was within the guidelines at the time what yeah. they were grabbing oh absolutely. and facebook and just today there's a great article in, in the guardian all about how facebook actually didn't properly necessarily vet what their third parties were doing with the data they were collecting well, how could they, right? Yeah, because exactly. This ex Facebooker saying, I never once saw any audit, right? If, if they're allowing third parties to scoop up this data and then put it on their servers and, you know, interact with it in some fashion, Facebook mm. doesn't have any visibility on that. The concern is that this actually is how Facebook is designed to work. Many apps, like you said, over the years have scooped up users' information and privacy settings permitting those of their friends as well. So this isn't news. Facebook has been doing this for years. 
And maybe the data shouldn't have been shared with Cambridge Analytica by the Cambridge professor, because that does breach their terms. And then sold to other third parties who use it to basically change the way people vote. Big deal. It's a big deal. Well, it is, exactly. So I think this isn't necessarily a security breach, but it is maybe a data policy breach. You're splitting hairs. I don't know. I think that's a really important clarification, because especially from my background in the security world, like, you know, when you say breach, my mind goes to, like, somebody in a dark room, like, hacked into the servers and stole all the data. I think there's a breach of something. You know, this is like a breach of trust, a breach of policy, a breach of ethics. But I don't think, you know, security wasn't breached. And that's kind of typically where people's mind wanders when you say breach, they think security. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. So because Facebook were aware and the people taking the data didn't bypass security and steal it, we shouldn't call it a data breach. I think the real failing here is from Facebook users who haven't realized this is what Facebook is all about. You are outrageous. No, what do you mean I'm outrageous? You are outrageous blaming users. Don't blame the victim. Yes. Look. Faith, if you if you read the T's and you, C's, how many times have you tried you to get install, me on Facebook? How many scenes? times? Just for you know, even Graham, for smashing security. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the fact is, this is how Facebook is supposed to work, right? And I actually believe that makes it worse than any data breach. People joined Facebook and they thought, "Oh, this is fun. I can keep in touch with my mother-in-law. Yeah. I can poke each other and pretend to be a vampire or whatever it is." And Facebook has turned a blind eye to these sort of abuses and the information because that doesn't work for their business model. Their business model is to get as much data about you as possible and find ways to monetize it and make it an attractive platform for companies. Yeah, and get as many people on it as possible. So they want to spread far and wide. And this might hinder their spread. So they just kept them about it, which is illegal. Right? Well, that's the thing. Is it illegal? What's illegal? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I was thinking it was illegal that they didn't tell individuals, hey, by the way, your data was given away. But GDPR isn't in in effect yet. No. Gosh, can you imagine if this was next month, though? Oh, actually, the month after, sorry. Mm. Oh, you know what? Friend of the show, Martin Gruten, he posted a great tweet earlier today where he said, remember, if you don't delete your Facebook account or set your privacy settings correctly, by the 25th of May, GDPR requires you to inform all of your European-based friends that you've sold their details to Steve Bannon. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, because he's of course he's of course involved as well as just well yeah he he, yes. he used to he's at the so, helm he used know? to have a senior position at Cambridge Analytica yeah. and of course he was very involved in the uh, in Dirk what's his name again David Denison's yeah. presidential campaign I wonder how our professor's doing as well right now you know that seems a bit I think con- he's keeping his head down to be honest well <laughs> the press are certainly talking about him <laughs> so what I hope comes from all of this is that people have a little bit more awareness about what Facebook is doing with everything that you like, every piece of information you're sharing. If you've left your privacy settings open, you may want to go, and I'll put in a link, there's a good article on the EFF website where it tells you how to reconfigure your privacy settings to reduce Mm. the chances and the ability for apps to scrape your information. Mm -hmm. So if you're concerned about that, you can do that. And of course, you can, although none of you probably will, delete your Facebook account. Oh, I think people are. I think people are doing it. Delete Facebook movement is gaining steam and, you know. It's in a hashtag on Twitter quite a lot. 
Yeah, it's big. It's big. I think a lot of people, and it's not easy to do. It's kind of hidden, you know, that how to delete. I, I know we should provide a link to that as well, exactly how to delete your account. Yeah, and it takes interested. like 90 days. And, you know, they keep on saying, are you sure? Are you really, really sure that you can Yeah, yeah. And you can download any data which you have given them in the past. But I understand it's not necessarily an easy thing to do because it may be one of your primary ways of keeping in touch with people. What about like an alternative, though? Like the one thing that's always baffled me, especially if, with like my security focus is, you know, like how much per month do Facebook make off each user? Because they've got billions and billions of users. So yeah. if I was just to do like, hey, look, here's like $2 a month subscription. Please don't sell all of my data. Yep. I just want to use Facebook. Yeah. You know, like would that not be... I wonder if that'd be viable, like $2 a month times their user base. Well, it's like yeah. a Spotify model, isn't it? I mean, it wouldn't it be great if you, you could just rent Facebook for £2 or Netflix £6 or whatever yeah. it is and get some additional, you know, like Facebook Pro or something. I guess that's kind of admitting, though, that if you don't do that... Your it's data okay if they sell your data. Yes, your data is being monetized in a fashion. I can't imagine Facebook ever making that change. I, I think unless there was a really large number of people leaving the there is right now. Just, Do just you think watch. So cruel? Yes, I just eat think... your popcorn, sit back, watch Channel <laughs> I, 4 tonight, I honestly don't read know. the papers tomorrow. I don't I, think so. I it's don't one of think these so. new cycles where we yep. have this big flare up and everyone yep. gets irate. Okay. And it yep. just fizzles I'm gonna, I think they're going to lose about 20% of uh, the users. That's what I'm going to say. I think 20%. they're growing so fast. 20%. Come on, guys. They replace that. How many people close their Yahoo account? I have no idea. Their what account? Their Yahoo. Do you remember Yahoo? <laughs> <laughs> Their what? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. And Scott, what have you got for us this week? So um, the headline that caught my eyes was the, the one about Uber with uh, the accident in the, the vehicle that was in autonomous drive mode. You know, this is it's quite a sad story. Of course, you know, there's there's been an accident with a vehicle... And that resulted in in a fatality, and Uber has subsequently suspended all of their testing across America, actually, um, of all of their autonomous fleet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a real shame because this technology is in, like, it's proving ground right now. It's obviously being tested. I think here in the UK, we're actually apparently pretty good for autonomous driving as well. It's very favorable with the legislation here. And, huh. I, the, like, the reaction and the wider response to this has been really polarizing, and I think... It's difficult to decide which side I come down on because, you know, many people are saying that this vehicle was in autonomous mode and it's caused a fatality. So what happened? Do you know the story? Like, how did it exactly happen? So from the reports, this this lady was, you know, just apparently walked out into the road. It, it, one of the news stories said that it wasn't a crossing. It was just, you know, she was just crossing the street somewhere, you know, like in, in the middle of the street or wherever. Assuming the driver would stop or slow down for her, I guess. Well, I mean, I guess... I guess we don't know. Maybe she just yeah. didn't see the car coming and stepped mm. out there. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, I guess one way or another, you know, this vehicle has been involved in a collision. And, and unfortunately, of course, the late, you know, later that day, the, the lady passed away. Um, oh. So this and, is the first kind of death by, by autonomous car. Yeah. Was there a driver in it, but just wasn't in control of it? You know, it was just yeah, sort of so there sitting there was, reading the paper or something. Um, I can't remember <laughs> the official term, but there, you know, there was like a, a human safety advisor yes. or something behind the wheel. So there was, a, there was a person in the vehicle, but it was in full autonomous mode at the time, right. meaning the vehicle uh, was in full control. You know, I mean, like the, the human drivers do have the ability to take control. You know, you place your foot on the brake pedal, the car will brake. You know, you don't have yeah. to like go into some system and disable autopilot or whatever. It's uh, But you're never going to be as alert as you would be 
if you were normally driving, I think, you know, as alert yeah. as you could be rather, because you will be distracted or doing something else or picking your nose or, you know. Yeah, this is where well, you would. <laughs> I, I don't doing do that, karaoke. just to clarify. You would. Yeah, Graham would. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, like it, it's kind of like the Tesla autopilot because this, the Uber one here is full autonomous, which means that the person behind the wheel is not kind of really supposed to be paying attention. The vehicle yes. does it all itself. Yeah. The Tesla autopilot system, because we did have a news headline about that kind of last year when um, a gentleman crashed into the side of a, a tractor or something, and the, the Tesla vehicle was in autopilot at the time. Now, autopilot is it's kind of like cruise control. It's a driver mm. aid. You're supposed mm. to still pay full attention, but it just takes away the boring bits like you know, going up and down 10 miles an hour on the motorway when it's, you know, slight like what else do you do if you have to still pay attention? <laughs> but it's just but like... I can, you can't even turn the wheel even at like a centimetre each way. <laughs> I do kind of... It's weird because I, I was very apprehensive at first and I've actually test-driven a couple of Teslas and have I do... Uh, yeah, they're, they're such great cars and I have actually got one on order. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and I, I really... Like in, because, you know, I drive a lot in traffic, you know, you're in stop-start traffic where you kind of drive, you know, for like 100 metres and stop, drive 100 metres. And it's so monotonous having to like do everything. You can kind of sit there and pay attention and just let the car nudge you along gracefully. But would, don't you think your eyes are going to go down to your phone a few times just when you get a text? Are you going to avoid that? Right? Well, no, I mean, because like you could theoretically still do that now, I guess, in stop-start traffic. I I, okay. I just, you know, my phone goes onto the Bluetooth on the car so I can take calls. And yeah. anything that requires a screen is just, you know, tough yeah. luck. If the world ends on Twitter, then I'll just have to read it when I get out of the car. <laughs> the bots will tell you eventually. <laughs> Scott, yeah. this is quite a step up because you're famous, of course, for hacking your Nissan Leaf. And now yes. you're going to go up to the Tesla. And his arm. Oh, yes. you put something in his arm? Oh, yeah, we don't. Yeah. I saw your tweets, Graham. You are not a fan of the whole <laughs> bio implant thing, are you? Not really. <laughs> it's always those that need it most that complain the most. <laughs> we'll skip over that. <clears throat> it's, yes, I, I was involved with the, the Nissan Leaf research with, uh, with Troy Hunt. And yes, I am moving onwards and upwards into... Uh, Tesla ownership when they eventually deliver. So are you, are you at all worried that, that when you get your Tesla, r rather like the Uber, it may, you know, act inappropriately? Because wasn't there a Tesla recently which went dramatically uh, off-road, as it were, in fact, heading towards Mars or something? <laughs> yes. Um, unfortunately, that one's not coming back, is it? I think it's yeah. in high-Earth orbit right now, yeah. but... It, you know they're they're imperfect systems because they're built by people. You know, no no software or hardware system built by a human is ever going to be flawless. And I think, you know, if if autonomous vehicles or even autopilot can vastly reduce the number of fatalities on our yeah. roads, then I mean, it was always going to happen. There was always going to be, of course, you know, yeah. Nothing can be perfect, but you know, just it's it still sucks though. Must yeah, yeah I think yeah. you're right. My my expectation is that uh, of course there will be accidents with driverless cars and autonomous vehicles. I mean, you know, that's just going. There's to... accidents with driving cars. Uh, with there, people well, and 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 there was accidents with horse-drawn carriages. You know, and there are probably people who say, oh "My goodness, <laughs> you're going to get rid of the horse." You know, this is all. You know, even though it's there've been accidents with it in the past. So I think there's almost this desire now to have 100% safety and that's just going to be unachievable, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. We can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, you know. If if we can reduce fatalities by 90%, then why on earth would we not? You know, like yes, yeah. the, the the autonomous or the driverless car might be responsible for those 10%, but that could be 
you know, hundreds of families that don't lose a child or yeah. a husband or, you know, I, I, I can totally see the, you know, the, 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 with this particular incident, like the pain and the problems with that. But at the same time, you know, if I cross the road or my little boy crosses the road, if there's something that we yeah. can do to reduce the yeah. chances of him being involved in an incident, then I absolutely want to see us take that step. Did you say we can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good? Is that I a did. quote from Star Trek or something? Or was that you? Was that yours? Don't Deep no no I, I, I totally where did that come from? <laughs> I will have totally heard that somewhere. <laughs> stored it in the back of my mind and just brought it's it probably back from out. the Daily Mail. <laughs> Whoa! I don't read my toilet paper. <laughs> So, Crow, what have you got for us this week? Well, I want to talk to you about a ransomware or ransomware-like scam that's been going on. Oh, yeah. You know, obviously, ransomware is where scammers take sensitive and valuable assets from you and hold them until you pay up. Well, in this instance, we're seeing numerous reports of people being held up for ransom for sending nudie shots of themselves. So this morning, this is Tuesday, 20th of March, Australian media warned West Australians be wary of being targeted on social media as part of what they're dubbing sextortion scams. So this is how it works. I know. I don't, I really don't like the name. <laughs> the media love their names, don't they? <laughs> so here's how it works. So the scammers friend their victim and convince them to record and then send sexually explicit videos and photographs. The scammers have created a real looking online profile. And then they lure the victim by reportedly sending images first to the victim. So basically saying, hey, look at me nude. You send me some nude pictures back. Hasn't this been going on for a long time, though? Obviously, I there's mean, a new alert going out in Australia about this right now. Not but, just in Australia. Not just you know, in Australia. Just, but it's, a lot it's, of things, though, it's always they? struck me as strange, this. The, the idea that if someone sends you nude images of them, that you would want... The last thing I would want to do is send them genuine nude pictures of me back. I might go on the internet and find Graham, some. You're not punk. 24. You're not. You're not a 24 year old <laughs> teenager, are you? No one's a 24 year old teenager. You girl. wouldn't need to worry that someone. You know, someone would get the pictures and just go, "Oh, okay, move on." <laughs> All those 24 year old yeah, teenagers out of the world. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't even hear. I did that. <laughs> but the point, you know, but it just it just seems a very strange thing to do to me. I mean, hey, I don't know why anyone would want to send a nudie pic online. My but, guess, uh, you know. it, my guess is that it all starts banally enough, but then you know, becomes like an online romance or something. And then it's like, oh, take a look at me and all the rest of it. And they might even want you to go on Skype or something. So video that that would be more no, difficult. No, that's to happening. Fake. Just wait, just wait, right? Oh. So, so the scammers, of course, then threaten to post the images and footage on the internet, yeah. right? Sharing with family and friends and partners, employers and teachers mm. before. And then they say, look, I don't want this to happen. Pay between 500 and 5,000 via Western Union. So this is the Australian scam going on. But also this week, across the world in Somerset, UK, a 16-year-old student named Jacob made headlines for performing explicit acts on video for what he thought was a girl he'd met online. But his performances were actually being recorded by a scammer. And the scammer, still pretending to be the girl, after they got the recording, asked for the, uh, Jacob's phone number. And uh, Jacob answered the phone when the phone rang, expecting to hear the dulcet tones of his new lady friend, but instead got this aggressive, threatening guy who self-proclaimed himself as a pro-hacker. And he said, I have a list of all your Facebook friends. I'll ruin your life. And Jacob was saying his heart was bleeding out of his chest. He was shocked. 
Um, and he went in panic mode and he was just picturing all his family and friends at school seeing the video and looking at him differently and he wanted it to yeah. stop so he asked what he wanted and it was 800 quid and he says he doesn't care about the money and he paid it up because he can make the money again but he can't you know rebuilding his reputation after that and would be he, too hard he must be thinking no why did Cambridge Analytica target me in this fashion <laughs> you know it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this is also happening in the states so this is not a new scam but there seems to be a new surge of authorities in pocketed around the world giving warnings to their communities about this and I, mean, so, I, I, I just joked about this but i've heard stories in the past of people who have actually sadly committed suicide as a result of this because they've yeah. been too petrified to tell their parents they've been too alarmed about the images or whatever well, and, the yeah. video footage is or being released and it is ghastly that this goes on in 2016, the UK National Crime Agency's Anti-Kidnap and Extortion Unit dealt with 1,250 reports of cyber-enabled blackmail offences. Yeah. There were four deaths by suicide in 2015, all in the UK and all linked to sextortion. Mm. I think it's very worrying because they're obviously targeting teens, right? And These those are, are the ones people. we know about, right? In yeah. many cases, people will not report this kind of thing because they're simply too ashamed and embarrassed. Well, exactly. So, okay, so some advice. First, don't accept friend requests from people you don't actually know, right? Change your settings to ensure only contacts can see your details on social accounts. And, you know, there's always going to be risks doing sexy pics or shows online, you know? So I'd say think twice before you whip it out here. <laughs> you know, get off Facebook. Well, literally. Yeah, I know. It's a bit... <laughs> think before you snap. How about that? Okay, there we go. And get off Facebook. It, yet another reason to kill your account. You see, Graham, this is why everyone's going to get off because of the story. <laughs> um, now, if this happens to you, okay, if you're in this situation, it's really important. If the videos are uploaded on things like YouTube and Facebook, it's important to report them immediately for to be taken down and flag them as inappropriate. That tends to work quite well. And don't assume that someone is going to actually honor the ransom deal that they're making with you. In other words, just because you're paying up doesn't yeah. mean that you're going to get all the pictures and the problem goes away can't destroy the originals of a digital picture can you it's <laughs> exactly and the, the biggest thing is especially if you're a teen telling a trusted adult what's happened and yeah of course it's embarrassing and it's awful you are but you are the victim you know doing nude dances online is kind of stupid but not criminal yeah and it's a shame though isn't it because it, i kind of like see your point and i think from like one of the reasons they're targeting the younger people is perhaps they're slightly lesser foresight of, you know, how this could go wrong into the future, yeah. which I think as we grow older, we, we we start to cast our minds much further forward on our actions. I felt pretty invincible as a teen, and I don't think I would have ever thought this would have happened to me. I just don't think yeah. it occurred to me. I think that's partly it. And I think also it feels more like the end of the world when you're a youngster. I mean, it's a bit like being in your first relationship or whatever, you know, and it goes sour and you really think that you're never going to find anyone who will love you ever again. Whereas if you yeah. get to your 30s and 40s, you've been through a few of those rodeos and you think, OK, this isn't pleasant, but I'll be able to pick myself up. So I think it's actually more intense when mm. you're a teen. Yeah, because you, you don't have the the capacity for, you know, to deal with yeah. like that kind of trauma yeah. or emotion or... Okay, so do we have any advice for parents as well, though? Probably there are lots of people listening who've got young kids in their well, family. And yeah, I think it's wise to read up on scams like this targeting young folk, you know, and understand how they're being duped. And the thing mm. is, is you've got to hold your judgment back. It's a really scary time for a kid. I imagine many parents' reactions would be explosive in this situation. Like, how could you have been so dumb, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. you really want to hold that back. Well, we, we just have to remember the dumb things which we did, but we did them without 
the problem of everybody having a smartphone in the vicinity. How about you share one of the dumb things you did, Graham? I yeah. <laughs> one of the many. Yeah, Graham, what did you do? I, I kidnapped the school's Christmas tree once and held it hostage. Okay. Um, I ran a we little... go to the pick of the week. Yeah, That's maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> And thanks once again to Meta Compliance for supporting this episode of Smashing Security. People are the key to minimizing your cybersecurity risk posture. You can save 10% as a Smashing Security listener off the high-quality cybersecurity e-learning catalog by going to metacompliance.com and quoting the code SMASHING. That's metacompliance.com, and don't forget the code SMASHING. And welcome back to that part of the show which we like to call... It's our favourite time of the show. It's Pick of the Week! Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. During Pick of the Week, everyone on the show chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, an app, a website, a podcast, whatever they like. Doesn't have to be security related. Shouldn't be. Necessarily. Sorry, Carol, what was that? Shouldn't be. Oh. And (laughs) my one this week um isn't security related so much but it is privacy related oh okay what's what's wrong with that what are, you know yeah go ahead oh. go ahead All i'll right. take a snooze while you it is now many people uh, many privacy wonks tend to recommend a search engine called DuckDuckGo instead of google right yeah but i've tried DuckDuckGo and i've never really got on with it very well although it's got a very cute logo which is normally my decision as to what website <laughs> i use i just don't find its search engine results to be as good as google and so i keep on saying oh i'm gonna use google instead mm-hmm. so for the last few years i haven't been using google i have because i don't really like the idea of them tracking what i'm doing and keeping records and targeting and move ads and all that sort of nonsense so i use a site called start page startpage.com and i've set up my browsers to use that as the search engine instead. And what's really sneaky about Startpage is it actually acts as a proxy for Google. Yes. So what it does, it displays Google's search results within its own little frame, as it were, onside its own website. And you get all the benefits of the Google search engine, but without the privacy concerns. Mm. No tracking, no targeted ads. Mm. And so it's just as good a search engine, but you don't get all the horribleness. Yeah. Now, I don't quite know what Google thinks about this. I was just going to say, how do they get away with this? Um, I don't know, but they do. <laughs> and they have been for some years. They're probably just selling their information over to Google afterwards. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't publicize it, but, but they seem like a good bunch. That is my brief, short, helpful, topical pick of the week. And it's startpage.com. I would agree. I've, uh, I've used it as well. And I think it's very good. I think it's a great yeah. service. So good pick of the week. Go. So Scott, what's your pick of the week? So my pick of the week is a new feature that I've been playing with over the last couple of weeks, actually. A big security and CDN cloud company called Cloudflare. They kind of sit in front of your website, shield you from all the bad guys and all of the bad things. Mm -hmm. And they've just deployed or released a new feature called Cloudflare Workers. So normally they just sit in between your visitors and you, and they only let the good visitors through and they stop the bad ones. But now with Workers, you can actually write some code that they will also run and as they analyze your traffic in and out. So you can start to do some really cool stuff with it. And I don't say, I don't get kind of impressed by stuff because I fidget around with new technology all of the time. Mm -hmm. But I've kind of been sat at my keyboard this last week and been like, can we do this? Can we do that? And been like, whoa, like that's awesome. Yeah, we could do this. We can do that. And it's been really exciting. 
So it gives you more kind of control. You you can you can do a lot more with it. You've got yeah. So normally they just kind of like fetch the page from your website and then pass it on over to the yep. visitor. Yeah. Whereas now you can say, okay, take that page and do like X Y Z with it, or add this thing, or move this thing, or you know, in our case, we're we're using it for some adding some security features to the page. So mm. it's like, okay, pass the page down to this user, but also add all of these security features. Cool. Um, and it's been really awesome. I've just like I don't often kind of get excited and you know using something and then look at the clock and be like, "Whoa, it's two a.m." <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, so you've customized a lot already with it. Yeah, so I've got um, two of our websites are using it right now. That one of the companies that I run, and we've literally just scratched the surface and done our first blog post of some of the awesome things we've done with it already. And there's going to be a lot more coming over the next week or two. Cool. Yeah, I read your blog post. It looks it looks very neat. Yes, it definitely is. Looks like a cool thing to do, and I'm sure many people would uh, would love to take advantage of it. Groovy. Okay, well, we will put a link in our show notes to that. And, uh, Crow, what's your pick of the week? Well, mine is very much not privacy or security related. As you oh. know, Mr. Graham Cluey, I've been studying music theory and guitar for the last few years. You can play the guitar. I'm so jealous. Yeah, not great yet. I wish, I wish. I'm getting better every day. Carol, will you do our outro? <laughs> uh, not today. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work on it. I will work on it, though. I will work on it. Um, I need to get an electric guitar. I'm pulling myself off until I can actually play beautifully. Anyway, I because I've been learning, I've been doing a yes. lot of online study. And I have a yes. few YouTube channels I wanted to shout out in case anyone wants to learn some music theory or some guitar. So... Three sites. Number one, PNG Piano. But this is great at reviewing kind of chords, intervals, scales, and more. And it's like a two and a half hour intro on the piano. And it's a great way to learn music theory. It's the best instrument because of its, you know, the layout. Oh. Yeah, it's good. And then the next one is Move Forward Guitar. Now, this is pretty comprehensive. And if you can stand the guy's voice, you're in for a treat. <laughs> but... I know. And I'm, you know, I know. And I feel bad, but it, it did great on me. <laughs> It's a very great review. <laughs> I've got to yeah. check this one out. Hi, I'm Chad with Move Forward Guitar. This lesson is from our course, Beginner Course 1. This course will take <laughs> you from an absolute beginner to a budding guitarist with a solid foundation. By the end of this course, you'll have all the tools you need to start learning songs. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be pretty dedicated to learning the guitar to put up with that. I watched every single one. Did you really? Yep. Well, it sounds like fantastic content. It's great. It's great. It's it's a great free way to kind of just dip your toe into the, the world of music. So I did it in little chunks, but there's a lot of really good information in here. And the third one is called Fret Jam. This is my favorite resource, not as introductory, but really well presented, explained, useful resource, really good about modes, chord changes and everything. Really nice site. So there you go. Fret Jam, Move Forward Guitar and PNG Piano. All the links are in the show notes. Marvellous. Well, Carol, we look forward to you um, <laughs> playing the theme tune for us in some future episode. It would be... I cannot yeah, wait. I'll be there on the kazoo. <laughs> Scott, do you play anything? I do don't. Anything, and that's why I'm always incredibly jealous of people that can play instruments. Just go buy a tiny keyboard and go get started. Just do it. I would. Just it's it's it. time. You'll it's love time. It. I have so many little projects and things and I... Cloudflare yeah, workers. Yeah, exactly. I, I fidget with code. I... Great My Tesla's coming. Cars, you know. <laughs> Crow bought me some bagpipes once. They were what? great fun. Really? 
Yes. Like full on yeah. massive big like not yeah, well, wonderful until they mysteriously got punctured and <laughs> by my wife <laughs> in the loft. I'm not quite sure why that happened exactly. Anyway, that just about wraps it up for this week. Uh you can follow us on Twitter at smash in security without G. Twitter wouldn't let us have a G on Facebook. We're in the Smashing Security Podcast. Facebook group if you are still on Facebook after listening to this episode. <laughs> or you can go and get stickers and T-shirts and mugs and things like that at smashingsecurity.com slash store. Before we go, we need to say, Scott, where's the best place for people to follow you or find out about you online? Um, probably my Twitter account, at Scott underscore Helm. Terrific. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. If you like the show, rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really does help new listeners. Yes, thanks to everyone who did last week. Really amazing. We outflowed I know, wasn't it? Wasn't it great? We mentioned a couple of bad yeah. reviews, and we got some really nice ones in return <laughs> to, make, to rebalance things. <laughs> so go yeah. to our site to check out past episodes and for details how to get in touch with us. Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Out.